everyone has their own truth. So where do we find the common ground? And I think the only place we can get to common ground is if we're willing to have discussions about, oh, that's interesting that you felt like that. This is how I perceived it. Oh, we're both right. And then we move on. Welcome to the Push Podcast. Why push? Because a nudge is just too friendly. And friend, we're here to help you get your shit together. I'm Eddie. And I'm Janelle. And we're the Copelands. We've got three daughters, two businesses, a mortgage, and lots of responsibilities. So just like you, we're struggling to find that perfect balance of ambitious go-getter hustle while still staying present, loving our kids, and working on our relationship. <laughs> and doing the laundry, going to the grocery store. Oh, and don't forget being mindful. Yeah, mindful all of this. the stuff. <laughs> so if you're juggling all the things, but you're also trying to get to the next level, guess what? You're in the right place. So get ready to be pushed. Hey guys, welcome back to the Push Podcast. Welcome back. <laughs> you give all these weird random intros, so I wanted to do one too. Uh, well, welcome. Uh, it's good to see you again. Oh God. This is episode number 187, <laughs> and today we're going to talk about the fact that sometimes people say things and what you hear is different than what they said. Right? Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Are you with me? I'm with you. <laughs> So is it what I'm saying or is it what you're hearing? Mm. And that can be a whole conversation of things being misconstrued. Would you agree? Yeah. Can I give you an example of how that played out just recently? Sure. Okay. So um, <laughs> we just recently went to go see Creed uh -huh. 3. Um, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Great movie. Mm -hmm. And I was excited to see another Creed movie. Like I don't know why I don't remember the other Creeds very well, but you know, it's going to be a great boxing scene. It's going to be, it's it's directed by Michael B. Jordan. Ryan Coogley is involved with it. So I'm super excited about all those things. And so what I thought, and so then I said, hey, honey, you want to go see Creed? And she immediately said, yes. And through all my excitement, <laughs> I didn't fathom yeah. <laughs> to think that you would want to see the movie for different reasons <laughs> and your motivation was different until i saw a, a tiktok that oh you watch wait. too much tiktok so that all of a sudden i was like wait a second i've been bamboozled wait so you think i wanted to see creed because <laughs> of michael b jordan no i mean they have their shirts off the whole movie they're the you know why would i boxing. pay attention to that <laughs> Don't know. I'm but, over here fidgeting. <laughs> but I just realized that, um, yeah. My you, motivation you, may have been, been different, different than, than mine. Yours. You, I wanted to see a cinematically beautiful movie. I did too. And you wanted to see some other type see, of beauty. See, you're assuming, though. <laughs> That's a different topic. You're assuming. I didn't have to convince you. I didn't have to tell you about, oh, you didn't. This, no. <laughs> <laughs> so this goes to saying what I was saying and then like. You're still assuming. <laughs> Though you watched a bunch of TikToks where guys were okay. saying that, it, oh, my wife wanted to go see Creed because the muscles, blah, 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 blah. Absolutely right. I so have you. Have the, okay. I have you. I, you have yeah, muscles. Absolutely. I have that at home already. So, but would I like to see? <laughs> what are you asking me? Be very specific with your question. Okay. <laughs> Did the fact that these are two in shape men have any type of. Um, a place in your motivation Wait on my yes, decision making to go see this movie. Of course. <laughs> Fine. I'm okay with that. That's okay. I don't think anybody listening to this, any woman is going to be like, oh God, I definitely don't want to see. My oh, the shirts off was way too yeah. much for me. Uh, yeah. I don't want to see those muscles. Oh, it's so offensive. He should put on clothes and nobody's going to say that. <laughs> no, I just wanted to point that out. 
Okay. I wanted okay. to make sure we were upfront about what's going on well, here. Well, this is why our marriage works because we can honestly and openly communicate. <laughs> but when All I right. asked you to see JLo Hustlers in the theater, I'm not a huge JLo fan. I just right. thought it was an interesting role. I assumed that you also thought it was an interesting role, but I'm sure mm-hmm. there's an element of, oh, wow, yeah, I want to look at her ass. And <laughs> she's in a strip club and everybody's half naked. I mean, but I'd be lying if I didn't say that I wanted to see that too. I was yeah. like interested. Yeah. So, it's fair. but is it the same for men? Like, were you interested in seeing Michael B. Jordan with his no. shirt off? <laughs> no, that was not that was not my motivation. But see, it's the same for women though, right? Like, we wanted to go see J Lo. I was like, okay, she's a stripper. Let's see. But I think for women, there's an element of Com- I want to see comfortability. I, w- I want to see. Her, yeah, I want to see. Um, like how good of shape she's in. Yeah, I want to see her be hot. Yeah. So I think that that's that's fine. I think there is, you know, men can have have an admiration for like, oh, he's in really good shape. You know, maybe it's a point of motivation. I'm sure it crossed your mind. Yeah, I was like, oh, I wonder what body fat percentage he is. It's like, I wonder where exercises did. Four percent. Four (laughs) percent. I read that somewhere. (laughs) (laughs) So so I did not do the research on J-Lo, but it sounds like uh, you did some Jonathan Well, just like you saw things on TikTok, I saw things too. So there there we are. Your algorithm is different than my algorithm. (laughs) That's great. Well, you know, I think it's healthy for couples to... Disclose that maybe before they go. Mm-hmm. Maybe what's your motivation to see this movie, honey? It's called a hall pass. Do you have a hall pass? <laughs> like, do you and your spouse or partner, significant other, other, do you have a hall pass? Like, right. is there one person that, like, if you ran into X Y Z, I'd be like, yeah, he had an affair. <laughs> you asking me if that yeah. is that a healthy thing to have a hall pass? Yeah. I guess it depends on how close this person could be to your reality. Okay. And I think that makes it no longer a hall pass. That makes it a real person. I saw something on TikTok the other day that this woman and her husband were talking and he was like asking her who her hall pass was. And it was the guy at the local Starbucks, the barista. (laughs) And he was like, wait. That's someone you could actually go and have sex with this, tomorrow. Yeah. That's not right? how this is supposed to and work. And then she said, oh, you know, I really like our our kids, um, like geometry teacher or something. And he was like, okay, wait, you got this bigger is supposed to be. Bigger problems. <laughs> this is supposed to be like Michael B. Jordan, someone who's like outside of the realm right, of right. like someone you'd come into contact with. Right. And she's picking normal ass people. Yeah, she's doing she's playing a game wrong. So that hall pass is not right. Like that, that's not acceptable. That is not a hall pass. Okay. That's just picking regular old people. Okay. It's like, oh yeah, you know. Oh, and then she said, and your younger brother. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's a problem. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah. So, well, that was my what in the world. So wait, do you, should we have a hall pass for each other? Um, for, I don't need a hall pass. No, I don't want a hall pass. I have you. You're yeah, hot. Okay. Fantastic. Yeah. Well, you're good <laughs> enough. Because <laughs> I don't want you to be like, you know. the. Well, my husband said that we could, you yeah, know. Yeah. The local mailman, you know, you're like, what? God, no. So no. Um, so no hall passes for the Copeland. No hall passes. Okay. Cool. I mean, you can say, hey, that person is attractive or whatever. I don't no, care about that. I actually can't say that with you because you get all like upset. I, I don't get upset. Um, One time when I said, I didn't even say that I liked Jason Momoa. My sister was watching a movie with us and she was going a little too far with yes. like how hot he was. 100%. And Disrespectful. Like, she was not. She was just like, oh, he's hot. Huh? Look at him. Oh, he's hot. And kind of nudging me. And you were like, wait a second. 
do you think he's hot? And you're, I said, I mean, yeah. And you said, he looks nothing like me. <laughs> uh, yeah, okay. Because I, I think if someone's going to be like, oh, that's an attractive, it should, res- there should be some sort of like. So I have to have a type. They all will have to look like you. Uh, I mean, well, Michael B. Jordan kind of fits in that then. Uh, so you should leave me alone. Oh, my God. All right. You walked yourself into I know. this. Oh, my God. Yeah. But shout out to my uh, my good brother, Tony. You know, my sister-in-law was out of control, disrespectful with she that. Was. And she every time Jason Momoa comes up, yeah. she is That's her hall disrespectful. Pass. That's her hall pass. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know that my brother Tony could get her back though if he let her hall pass with Jason Momoa. Oh god. Although Jason Momoa put on some weight in the Fast and Furious movie. There's a what in the world. There yeah. is a what in the world. How many Fast and Furious movies are we going to make? Because most people go watch them. Yeah. And I'm going to tell you like the last Fast and Furious, which I think was 12, we tried to watch it. I I think it was 9. <laughs> Oh, really? Okay. Well, we tried to watch one not too long ago, and And, I just could not. Well, they were in the jungle with cars driving like high speed. And the cars were flying. And and I was like, we turned. This is the first time we ever like turned the movie off and said, okay, that's enough. This has gone too far. And then someone told me, yeah, you know, they ended up in space. I I don't want to see it. Okay, Okay. but now, you know, we're watching Creed. There is another Fast and Furious coming out, number 13, I think it is. No, Are you sure? Why am I getting 13? Okay, so 10 is coming out, and I want to see it. Why? Because they got a new character. Yeah, Jason Momoa. Jason Momoa is in there. I hope he's sloppy. I hope he's so sloppy. I mean, he did look like he put on a little bit of weight, but I'm okay with that. I'm not okay with you putting on weight, but, but I mean, he's not my hall pass. He's not my husband. So whatever. Right, that's fine. We can go see him be right? sloppy in the movie. That's great. I'm like, I, 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 that may be one movie I start talking in. Look at him. Look at him. You, you know, he broke up with uh, uh, Lisa Bonet and he just let it all go. I mean, maybe it's for a role. Maybe he's not Aquaman Will Smith anymore. got in bad shape too for uh, the Serena Williams, yeah. Venus Williams movie. Yeah. Then well. he got it back. Yeah. You get your groove back. That's true. Very true. So, I Okay, so that's a what in the world. Let's see. I I guess it's not a what in the world, but can I just tell you something that kind of bothers me? Yeah. If somebody takes my nightstand chapstick, mm-hmm. then I'm upset. Right. Because then I have to go get my purse chapstick mm-hmm. and put it on my nightstand. And then when I go to use my purse chapstick and it's not in there, then I'll probably take <sighs> out my... My bathroom chapstick and put it in my purse. Uh-huh. And then when I'm getting out of the shower and I want to put on my chapstick and my bathroom chapstick is missing, like it could just spin you out and throw me totally for a loop. <laughs> I just so I want to know if I'm the only one like that, that, happens- that has chap chapstick placement problems. Yeah. Like if it's there and someone takes it, it throws my whole system off. Well, I have Speaking a, of, there's a chapstick right there. Who mine. does that belong that's to? That's mine. See, that's you, my don't, traveling. you don't have the same No, that's my traveling chapstick. Regulations. No, no, no. I simplified. Traveling chapstick. Yeah, so I have a chapstick that's always in my pocket, which you always borrow. Right. Because okay. I know you have it. So right. you're like number five for me. Right, if no, I'm in the I, kitchen I feel like I'm doing dishes. One. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not, so, but I have a traveling yeah, one. I have I a have husband one, chapstick. I have one that goes in the drawer of my, the nightstand. Okay. And then I have one Smart. in the car that is the break glass when, in a case of an emergency uh-huh. chapstick. 
Uh, and then there's, you know, so if the one in my pocket, for whatever strange reason, whether mm-hmm. I let my wife borrow it and she doesn't give it or back. Or you left that shit in your pants and it's in my washing machine. Yeah. Then I can always go to the emergency in the car because I just cannot survive a day if um, I'm, I'm struggling. With dry lips. Right. Yeah. yeah. So. so some people are going to be like, well, you should drink more water. Before you say that, we both drink about a <laughs> gallon of water a day. So it I'm is not dehydration. Right <laughs> But I just, I don't know. There's about five chapsticks outside. There's washing machine chapstick right now because I think you've left them in your pocket chapstick. The traveling one. Has yeah. been left in there Ugh. too long. Yeah. So, And that's something that somehow my nightly routine got disrupted. Yeah. Well, and that's smart putting it in your nightstand because yeah. I keep it on top of my nightstand and I think that's why I get jacked. It's not me. I'm not okay with it. <laughs> So that's what it is. You're missing your travel chapstick, and so you're taking my nightstick, no, nightstand no. chapstick. Mm-mm. Leave I, my shit alone. I think you're removing your nightstand and taking it with you. Oh God. Okay. So um, today's topic, we're going to be talking about like words being misconstrued or the fact that uh, you can hear something and it gets taken in a different direction or different way. Because your perception kind of is coupled with your experiences, right? uh So if I hear something, it triggers my experiences, my view on life. If you hear something, same thing. So I want to start with this quick clip that I saw on Instagram from Jordan Peterson. Yeah. Again, whether you like him or don't, I don't care. But he was talking about when a man dies like what you should do to be the reliable person at a funeral, right? So I saw it. We'll play it for you in a second. But I listened to it. I watched it. And it made me feel something. And then I said, what do you think about this? Gave you no context because I didn't have any context either. I didn't uh, read the caption. I just listened to it. I watched it. And I concluded what my own thoughts were. I shared it with you and you immediately had a different perception. Right. And then we had a 30 minute discussion and kind of arrived together. But so often that doesn't happen. Yeah, 100 percent. And and I think that you kind of mentioned it. But what's interesting is like we have all these books and they're filled with words mm-hmm. and, and we have a dictionary where it defines these words and gives you the definition. Mm-hmm. But even when you have the definition the meaning is still an interpretation, mm-hmm. right? And so we don't always have the, even in a, as a married couple, um, with friends, you don't always have the shared meaning for words. Mm-hmm. And we've kind of talked about that in past episodes, like fear versus respect, and we have different meanings for those things. Mm-hmm. But when we watch a video like that, and it, because you immediately you're saying, how does this relate to my life? Right. And so you go through the checklist of experiences of when you were in that position that he mentions in the video. And I think it was at a funeral, right? Yeah. So he's talking about um, you're at a funeral and if you're a man and you lose your father, um, you've got to now be the father and the leader of the family. So there's no time to really cry. Right. There's no time to really grieve. You've got to he didn't say suck it up at all. He's very good with his words. But he said, your family needs you to be the rock. Right. And it hit me. And then I showed it and played it for you. And you were like, that's kind of maybe pushing down your emotions. I think that men um, are kind of conditioned that we can't be vulnerable. And it was this whole thing for you. So I listened to you and you were right. 
Like you're right. Men are conditioned that you can't break down at a funeral or you right. can't be uh, sensitive or vulnerable or cry or show emotion. And I agree with that. Right. But then I said, um, so so you're you were in disagreement with me. Yeah. And I and disagreement with the con comments. Right. Right. And what's interesting was is that I just I, I thought about it. and I looked at that and I said, you know, there are moments where I, we've been at funerals and I'm not probably the most emotional person. Mm -hmm. I think that there's probably one death in my family that was really emotional for me. But outside of that, like, you know, losing people is a, is a, it's tough, but I'm not the person that's going to be, you know, uncontrollable. Right. Yeah. And so I would probably lean into naturally like, okay, I'd have to be strong. Mm -hmm. But I also understood that like you should be able to go through that process of mm -hmm. emotions, especially when you lose someone that I've never lost. I've never lost a father, so to speak, because I didn't have one growing so up. So you took it super literal. And right. the the point of the podcast is that it the perception that you immediately drew or the conclusion you drew was based on how that applied to your life, what your experiences were. And for me, one of the things that I talk about often, we've talked about on the podcast a lot about death. Right. And one of the worst things that I think could happen is I lose you. And then now I've got these three kids that I have to figure out how to lead through life. And it just it would be awful for me. It's like my worst nightmare. But I know that someday it will happen. Right. And so immediately when I watched that clip or listened to that clip, I thought that would be me. I would be the one that my I'd lose my husband and I would now be in charge of trying to figure out how to help my daughters get through the loss of their father. I would have to be tough. I would have to subside my feelings. I would have to kind of not play down how I feel, but I would want to, as the matriarch of the family, pull it together, keep it together for the sake of my kids. I also think you, you were talking about if we had a son, that wouldn't that be your expectation? Now, right? if we had a son... And, you know, so we have three kids. One of those kids, like, let's say our oldest is a son. I would probably think that he would know my mom's going to be a mess. And so I probably have to be strong for her. Right. But when you saw it, you were like, no, I don't think the guy has to be strong. I don't, and then I brought to your attention. I don't think that that's the case. You're telling me that if I died and you were still you know, the the guy in charge of the family, you mean to tell me you're going to lose your mind in front of our daughters? And then he said, well, no, I would I would be pulling it together. I would try to be strong for them. So that was kind of the point of arrival for both right, of us. Right. But initially you were kind of triggered by, no, I don't think guys should be told to not be sensitive. I don't think anybody should be sucking it up at a funeral. You should act however you want. But we did kind of come to the agreement that sometimes you do have to be careful the emotions that you give off because you're setting the tone maybe for how painful it's going to be for your kids or what you know their emotional expectations are going to be through this whole thing. Does that yeah. make sense? A hundred percent. And I th the, the, the thing that's really great about this conversation is that the nuance of the comment or the clip of that is that we pull different things that are right. 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 You also can pull different things that you can say that can be not as right or not as true. And there is space for other things to be there. Right. Like if if a young man loses his dad and his dad was his best friend in the world, mm -hmm. right? Which many dads are to their sons, that's a huge, huge loss. Right. And I and one of the things I was saying was that 
yes, there's an element after the funeral where that person should probably step up and try to be strong if if need be, depending on the family dynamic. Mm-hmm. But there's also space for that person to go through whatever that process yeah. is so that they can build the callus of, of, you know, for the strength that they are going to mm-hmm. need for the family. Yeah. You know, and I think that that vulnerability is super important. But I do think that sometimes when you listen to something like Jordan Peterson, he's so emphatic that you either have to disagree mm-hmm. completely or you agree wholeheartedly. Yeah. Right. But I See, think, but I think it was the way that you perceive him right. that made you receive that message or rebuke it. Right. And I was like, I don't know who this guy is, but it hit me in my heart because I think often about how I would have to behave or want to behave for the sake of our girls if we lost you. Yeah. And I think that that's where you add the context for yourself and where it's important when you hear things um, like anything like a comedian Mm -hmm. that you understand the context right and and understand that that context makes it appropriate or that context to may make it inappropriate so we're gonna go to uh comedians next and that is right now the world is on fire because chris rock basically was attacking air quotes Meghan markle for saying that the royals were racist but in his new netflix comedy special he says that that's not racism that's family issues Mm. that's in-law issues Mm -hmm. right because no one's going to be good enough for your in-laws right right and i remember so to give you guys context we went to the chris rock taping of that and it was live and i remember again husband and wife were sitting there watching this comedy special together i want to know is he going to bring up will smith like is he going to address it that was kind of funny and then he brought up Meghan markle i had just finished watching their whole like docu-series or whatever i read harry's spare book and so i'm like invested in the royals now because I just I was intrigued, right? And I think that racism racism's never good. And so for me, when he started talking about it, I was like, God, could we leave this poor girl alone? Like, could we just stop talking about this? Like, this is hard enough. But I understood the context of it. It was relevant at that time. Everybody was talking about it. Everyone was weighing in right. on what their thoughts were. So that was part of his standup in right. that moment to give right. you context. Fast forward, months have gone by and now it's released on Netflix and people are going crazy. Right. You know, can't we just let this poor girl live her life? Blah, 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 blah. Well, going back to the night of the uh, comedy show, it triggered both of us in different ways. Not triggered like, oh, we're so emotional. But when I heard it. Yeah. How I processed it was, oh, I feel so bad for her. Like, it still sucks when your in-laws don't like you. Couple that with the fact that there is some underlining racism. That sucks, right? You were like, it's comedy. It's comedy. Right. So explain your perspective. I think that when we have real life, right, and we go through all kinds of problems, things that are public, especially for celebrities, things that are public, things that are really hard for people, over time you hopefully get to a place where you can laugh at it. Well, what comedians do is they take real life and they take all the crazy shit that happens in real life and they mix it up and they give you a perspective that we that all thinking, thinking, right? But, but they don't say. but they have the 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 uh courage to right. actually I was going to say balls. <laughs> they have the courage to actually say it. Mm-hmm. And so that's why we laugh. Right. Because and sometimes we laugh like shamefully. Cringy. We kind of laugh like uh-huh. ooh but we laugh because it brings some levity to things right. that 
as some, most cases are, are pretty serious yeah. for people. And I think, I, I just hope we don't lose that, right? Because we, we get into this highly polarizing uh, world that people hear things or say things and people hear like you're trying to hurt her. No, he's trying to make an audience laugh, right? right? And they're probably not going to laugh if it's, a, if it's a fantasy story. So people would say at the expense of what though? Like is anything on or off limits if you're a comedian? Everything is on the table for a comedian. <laughs> Everything. Disabilities I mean, and like everything is you gotta on the table. make fun of people. Yeah, because I think that at the end of the day, like our what we laugh at is because there's some there's a bit of truth to it. Mm -hmm. There's a bit of like, yeah, you kind of right, mm -hmm. and then there's a bit of like exaggeration. Yeah, that makes it funny. So you right. take the real thing and you exaggerate it, and you you put mm -hmm. things around it. You put the the right type of words around it, mm -hmm. and all of a sudden you've got comedy and you've got right. humor. And if we lose that, man, it's going to be a really boring place to live. Right. So when we were watching the special in person, I was like, I see where you're going. And I'm very much like, I agree with you that that's the point of comedy. But also racism is triggering. Right. And I feel like coming from a black man kind of dismissing it. Mm, not a good look. Mm. Like it makes me feel like you're minimizing it and you're, you know, dismissing it and ah, she should just get over it. Again, that's my perspective, but I definitely thought it was funny. Yeah, but I think And that, you had a totally different perspective. Yeah, because I think when you watch, the, you know, Meghan Markle in that story, like I pulled a lot of different things from it that were different just watching the Netflix documentary. Mm -hmm. Like I was just, there were moments where I was like, okay, you know, You've got a lot of privilege from this perspective. Mm -hmm. And then you came from a different perspective of saying, can you imagine how hard that would be? Mm -hmm. And so everybody's going to watch something and based on their life, right. say your problems are not that bad. Right. Right. And they you have that your opinion. You you have the right to express that opinion. And as a comedian, you got you have the right to entertain people with that opinion. And so I think that. Chris Rock took that and looked at it and said, come on, this is no different than any yeah. other family. And let's just be honest, black people and in, in, in for, for years, for hundreds of years have faced not only racism, but colorism, colorism. and have looked at the ears of their kids, see how yeah. dark they're going to be. Mm -hmm. Are they, are they going to have good hair? Mm -hmm. And these are, I'm not saying any of these things are, are right or mm -hmm. appropriate, but that is part of right. the culture. Right. Yeah. And so for him to say it, it's not out of turn. Right. Right. It's some, some people are like, yeah, you want to know, my kids going to be dark. Are they going to be light? Yeah. Wh whatever it's going to be. And I think that Within there, there's some truth, but within there, there's some shamefulness that we've, we we have to face. Like mm -hmm. being dark skin is just as beautiful as being light skin. Right. And I think that those are things that um, we have to deal with culturally. But I think that that whole idea of that being an in-law issue is funny. Yeah, because there is some truth to it. Like no right. one's ever going to be good enough for your son, especially if he's a freaking royal, right? Right. But it kind of brings me like we're talking about like this hypersensitive cancel culture that's happening right now, which I don't really condone. I don't think anything should be canceled. I think it should be up for debate. We should figure out what people meant and we should work to like help people understand what's appropriate, what's not, why it was hurtful, apologize. I don't know. I don't know the answers, but right. I do know that this morning uh, Chris Rock was trending and people were like, how dare him? You know, he's dismissing this racism. Racism is racism. And then black people were weighing in saying, well, 
I get where he's going with it, but we're talking about colorism and I'm constantly made to feel like the black sheep of my family because I'm the darkest. And so that colorism comes from my black family. Mm -hmm. Like, And so there's so much truth. The point I'm trying to make is everyone has their own truth. So where do we find the common ground? Right. And I think the only place we can get to common ground is if we're willing to have discussions about Oh, that's interesting that you felt like that. This is how I perceived it. Oh, we're both right. And then we move on. Right. And I think when we are able to have those types of discussions, I think the world is a better place. And here's the reason why comedians, to me, make the world a better place. Mm -hmm. Dave Chappelle, Chris Rock, all these different people, uh, Eddie Murphy's in his time, like they make, they put certain things in your face uh, in a way where you have to laugh at them and then you have to look at your perspective at it and you have to say, am I taking this thing too seriously? Yeah. You know, and could it shape? And, and, and I think it, to me, when, when he talks about those things, I think it also breaks down walls of, of racist, of, of racist conversation. Mm -hmm. And I think that when we can have those kind of conversations, then we can have breakthroughs and move to a different place. Yeah. Okay. So speaking of having conversations and like everybody having their own kind of opinion or based on your experiences, you draw conclusions, right? I came across this like trending thing on Instagram and it's by the mama attorney. I, I don't know how she wound up in my feed, but this was around Valentine's Day. And this is what she posted. The school expectations of moms are out of control. Valentine's Day cards, goodie bags, baked goods, presents during work hours, mm. repeat for the next event and events and events and constant, like everything is constant. If you can't keep up, your kid feels left out. If you can, it takes less, it takes up all of your time and let's just stop it. So then the thread goes on for with all of these comments, like basically saying that, you know, God, it's exhausting. Like uh, one lady said, I showed up to get my 10 month old from daycare and I was handed a bag full of goodies from other kids in air quotes, which would have come from the other moms or parents with Valentine's Day treats. So this woman's going on and on. Are you kidding me? My kid's 10 months old. I didn't drop her off with anything because it's a freaking daycare. And she's just angry, right? So I'm literally laughing like, why would you not look at it from the perspective of, oh, that was so sweet that all I'm these so, other yeah, parents right. like took the time to do this, right? So then I click on one of the comments, like just hoping, am I the only one that thinks like, wow, that was so thoughtful. I don't immediately think, oh, I'm a terrible fucking mom because I didn't send 32 stuffed animals to my kid's 10-month-old you know, preschool or whatever. So she took it there. She yeah. was just like, you know, now I feel less than and I'm the only mom in the classroom and blah, blah. And so I was like, I can't be the only one that's thinking, why aren't you thankful? Right. Yeah. So I immediately went to like, that's generosity. Mm -hmm. That's caring. That's someone who planned ahead of time. I want to be like that one day when I grow up. Right. Thoughtful around holidays. But this woman was genuinely mad. And hundreds of other moms were also like, I don't have time for that. You know, I'm juggling a job. I and like all the excuses of why they can't do these things. Right. But the thing is, is bitch, nobody asked you to. Literally, yeah. no one asked you to do can that, I, right? I, 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 let me say this: like, I, there's there's two things with this. One, my brain immediately goes to the root cause of this of this issue, mm -hmm. and the root cause to me 
is that we have a widespread you know epidemic when it comes to insecurity mm-hmm. and we project that insecurity on everybody's actions right right and so we make everyone's actions a malicious attack on our own right self image yeah. and then all of a sudden we start to project and we start to blame people for doing something that helped other people yeah. right that's the first thing the second thing and i know people hate this but i got to tell you Nobody makes you feel anything. Yeah. You make your fucking you self feel You make yourself less feel than, that. Yeah. So people saying you're making me feel Nope. Bl- no, I, yeah. I I don't have any controllers. I don't have any, any uh, I'm not a puppet yeah. master. I don't have controllers controlling anyone's emotions. Now are there actions that can probably trigger you and influence you, but you have to take the responsibility yeah. of saying that impacts me because of these things in my experiences. Right. Not because okay, you did something. Okay, so guess what, though? Right. I'm with you 100%. How does somebody being generous have anything to do with you being triggered or upset, right? So then some mom says that it's just excess. It's trash. This stuff's going to wind up in landfills. It's bad for our environment. This is globalization. And it turns into this whole ass <laughs> conversation about how, right. you know, oh, it's the government. It's, you know, these big corporations that we're supporting and all this trash. And then it becomes like a freaking, uh, you know, save the earth type of speech. Right. Because someone says, 25 legit gift bags came home with my five-year-old yesterday for Valentine's Day, right? And all she wanted was a sucker. It's so much excess. Then you got, you know, all these grandparents dropping off all this stuff. Can we just get back to, like, basics? You get one treat. Okay, why are we rationing? My thing is, is, like, you'd be calling these people assholes if they were doing all this with their kids but not being generous with yours. Now we have landfill problems. So what's interesting about that is I don't have so much of a problem with that perspective of saying, hey, you're sending my kid home with a bunch of waste. Uh-huh. Like that, there's to there, there's with that, there's some legitimacy yeah. and there's some there's some actual like that's could be facts, right. right? You get you get all this stuff from your kids, you know it's trash, you know it's like cheap things. Yeah. So I get that. But there's a certain place where you, if you want to solve that problem, right? You say, hey, you go to the school and you say, hey, I, I just don't want my kid coming yeah. home with all this stuff. I do feel in like it's wasteful. Plastic organizations right? or. <laughs> right. But to say that, like, this has an emotional, you know, yeah. weight on you as a mom or dad or yeah. parent. It's taking away from your. A hundred percent. But it, the problem is, is even the thing that I, I slightly agree with with the waste, it's still coming from a place of it's, generosity. Well, the person was given the generosity, but the person saying that I have to believe a little bit is coming from you feel bad. You feel bad. Inadequate. Right. Yeah. So that that's something like my brother and my sister-in-law, they constantly tell my mom, like, please, mom, don't bring anything for the kids. We don't need anything. We don't want gifts, right? And my mom's la- love language is giving gifts. She right. wants to shower you with stuff. So she constantly shows up with stuff, right? And they're grateful, but they're also very minimalist. Like, they don't want stuff. And so, like, what's the right or wrong there? I think you yeah. have to just, like, understand you're both coming from a good place, but condemning someone and putting them down and shaming them and making them feel like an awful person because it's not like the way that you want to receive gifts or give gifts, I think all the way around is like a bad thing. Yeah. It, it's it, dangerous. It's What's interesting is if if we move to conversations before we move to judgment and mm-hmm. throwing stones, what we would probably find uh, is 
What are we trying to accomplish with Valentine's Day at right. the school? Well, we're trying to give the kids an opportunity for no good reason to give. Yeah. Right. It's an opportunity to show or them to how to feel love, to feel love, mm-hmm. to give, to to like to to practice something that we want them in the future to to actually do consistently. Like to, to you know, and that could be like let's have a conversation. Maybe the kids all make something, right? Yeah. Something, but as, because we don't have conversations and mm-hmm. we just project and cast well there is conversations let me tell you so (laughs) this mom says i am the mom who does the little gift bags every holiday i bring the treats to the school for the party i buy special little outfits for the kids etc i do that because my mom did none of these things when i was growing up and it really stuck with me i always wanted to be a mom like the ones i saw back then involved in their kids Mm. schools and their lives and everything so it does take sacrifice on my end time money all of that effort but I want to um, do this to the best of my ability because it brings me joy and satisfaction. I'm not doing it to make you feel bad, right? And I was like, yes, amen to that. Guess what they said in the comments? You're projecting childhood wounds. (laughs) Your childhood wounds are like making you pollute the earth, right? So she gets trashed in the comments because her childhood wounds of her mom not being there, now she is unhealthily projecting that on her children. I was like, get the fuck out of here. Honestly, get out of here with that shit. First of all, me bringing gifts doesn't make you feel any type of way. If you're feeling inadequate because I brought 32 stuffed animals for my kids' class, I don't care. I honestly, I don't care. We were doing something generous for your class, for your student. And the alternative is I exclude your kid. Right. Because you're an asshole mom. I don't know what to do. The trauma economy is alive and well in that group thread. Like, I mean, people are just trying to like mount up. Who's funding the trauma economy? Well, (laughs) who is funding it? I I have no idea. These people in this comment, these people are funding it. And they're they're doing a really good job recruiting. Yeah, because they they're, they're getting other people to think the same way. But crazy should not be psycho uh, analyzing other yeah. crazy, right? Yeah. Because if you are projecting on someone, and then you, now you have the nerve because they give you a thoughtful response yeah. of mm-hmm. saying, "This is what I do," yeah. and you respond <laughs> with, "You know, this is your wounds." Right. You're trying to, you know, shame oh. on you for having childhood trauma uh, and trying to like you people. Know, where are we going? It, it's insane. I'm telling you. So that brings me to the last thing of like perception is important, right? And that yeah. is. I don't know if you guys have ever heard of Mr. Beast. He's a big deal on TikTok and YouTube. I don't really know his story. I just know when I went to VidCon last year, he was a big deal. And I guess he does this over the top kind of challenge things. And from what I see, he's pretty like generous and philanthropic, right? Right. So apparently there's like a thousand, uh, was it a thousand blind people? Something like that. That he gave $10,000 to and also paid for their eye surgery so they weren't blind anymore. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So basically, he, there's this procedure. He funded the procedure for these individuals. So Mm -hmm. they went with, you know, not having sight to having sight. And then for some of them, he gave them money to say, hey, with your new sight, go on a vacation and see the things that you've never seen Mm -hmm. before, which obviously. Uh, Thank you. Yeah. That's like life-changing right there, right? So So. he got attacked in the media 
for being like a savior, you know, I don't know, a white savior for a rich guy, you know, just sharing all of his money for publicity. Right. He did it for pl- for publicity. Yeah. And it, what's funny is because when now we're we, like the judgments are so apparent and they're so frequent that this act of of service and let's just say let's just say Mr. Beast did this to get more views. Okay. And that is his, his motivation. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, what's the outcome? Did it help people? Right. A thousand of them. So when do we get to a place where we are, one, trying to read people's mind, two, it matters to us what their motivation is. Right. Because it, it doesn't. Yeah. As long as the outcome is there, that's all that matters. Yeah. Right? And you got a thousand people that are really happy that now they can see. Right. And maybe it was a hundred. I don't care. But these people were impacted by having the gift of vision and sight now because one guy who has a YouTube channel who's got some money decided to do something, whether it was for likes, views, whatever, he still impacted in a positive way a hundred or a thousand people. And now they have the gift of sight. Yeah, because the thing is that what gets lost in this is everyone's motivation from a from a uh, philanthropic standpoint it always comes down to some type of self-service. Mm-hmm. Whether, it, whether it's a feeling of fulfillment that you yeah. get, a feeling of gratitude, it's at the end of the day, you're impacted, yeah. right? And But the same at the same token, as long as it does good, who, then who cares? cares what yeah. your motivation One is? One of the things I tell people when they're depressed or when things are not going good for you, one thing that works really well for me is going out to serve others. So yeah. if I'm having a really bad day, I'm like, who needs help? Like, what can I do to give back? Could you imagine people are like, fuck you, bitch. Like, I don't want your charity because right you're having a bad day. Could you imagine you say, hey, I, you know, help me get out of depression. You say, wait, so Selfish. you're telling me you that you gave so that you can work yourself out of depression? Right. What does, what do you, we look like? Right. Like, what does that say about you? Can you imagine you? that? That is yeah. like. So crazy to me. So, I mean. So that's like the wokeism culture, though. Like, that's what all the articles are about. Like, has wokeism gone too far? The cancel culture gone too far? And I guess this episode is designed to help you, like, ask yourself, like, when you immediately have a thought or a perspective, are you interested in other perspectives as well? Right. Because immediately when I saw the Valentine's Day thing, I was upset. I was like, this lady's complaining because the schools are making her feel bad that she's not doing all this stuff for her kids. Let me tell you, I get it. I ran a business. I had three kids in three different schools, elementary, junior high, high school. They, when did they stop doing parent-teacher conferences after 5 p.m.? <laughs> Why are they on a fucking Tuesday right. at like noon in the middle of the day at three different schools? Like, I get that. That's impossible for parents to like juggle a job and like do a really good, right. um, a good job supporting your kids. It's impossible. Right. Especially if you're a single parent. But for me to get upset that some mom is over the top and does all this stuff for my kid's class and, you know, wants to like plan, you know, Valentine's Day cards and like a gift exchange, whatever. If I can't participate, I can't participate. But also nobody demanded that you send your kid with anything. Yeah. And so if you're taking the pressure of, well, my kid came home upset because I was the only mom that didn't bake cookies. Okay, I don't know what to tell you. Have a better conversation with your kid then. Could you have went and bought some cookies? Like, what can you do if it's going to make you feel bad for not doing something? 
what can you do to do a little bit? Like yeah. you don't have to do all of it. Some of these moms are super extra. And I will admit, I've been an extra mom on many occasions, again, because my mom didn't do that stuff. My right. mom never went to one single parent conference, back to school night, and yeah, it did hurt my feelings. So I wanted to make sure that I went to all of my kids' stuff. Did I make it to all of it? No. Was I pissed at the lady who did go to all of them? No. I just had to figure out how to work through that on my own. And I think you working through that benefited the kids. Right. Right. And it showed. That, and then I, on the other layer of that, the teachers feel supported. Yeah. Right. I mean, when parents don't show up to parent teacher conference, it's a if it's a lack of support for the kid. But it also is a lack of support of the, for the teacher so right. the teacher can kind of communicate to you what's going on. Yep. But I do think that when we think about this whole conversation around, you know, what people are saying and what you're hearing, I think one of the things that we have practiced really well, and I'm not saying we're perfect, perfect at it, but like shifting, and I heard this new term, shifting to neutral thinking, mm -hmm. right? And so you hear something, it may trigger you because that may be your response. That is okay. Yeah. And then you immediately go to, okay, how do I shift to a neutral place where I have the ability to assess what are the facts? Mm -hmm. Like, what is actually yeah. happening here? What are my biases? Like, mm -hmm. what are the things that identify, like, why do I have a bias towards this? Yeah. And then, like, think about the multiple perspectives that could be out there. So you reading that story about the lady saying, hey, I'm this is a thing that I love to do because it wasn't done for me. Right. right. And so that for most people is good enough story to yeah. say, oh, I get it. All right. Yeah. yeah. No, no problem. Because context all the time, anytime we hear context, it gives us an ability to say, oh, I see how you got there. So right? someone and that, and said, an understanding. someone in the comments said, well, here's why I do it. And the response was, I don't have time to read all of that, but it's wrong. <laughs> <laughs> and then someone said, well, I don't have time to read your comment either. But if you went back and took the time to read mine, you'd probably understand like why you're so upset about this. And I was just like, oh, my God, people are batshit crazy. This yeah. is insane to me. So if you're listening to this and you're the mom that was triggered <laughs> by either what uh, Mr. Beast did or, you know, all the Valentine's Day stuff that came home and you didn't participate in Valentine's Day or Christmas or St. Patrick's Day or whatever I'm asking you just try on the fact that someone is being generous and thoughtful enough. And, and in closing, a couple of last year, I decided to spread some spring cheer and I pulled a bunch of, uh, I cut a bunch of succulents in my backyard. I put them in like 32 pots. I delivered them to all the neighbors and it had a nice little message like happy spring or something from the Copelands. And I gave them out to all 30 houses. That's a lot of neighbors, right? And I was just trying to do it for myself. What does that make me selfish? I just wanted to spread a little cheer, right? Yeah. And so do you remember one of the neighbors down at the end? I didn't know who he was. He had just moved in. I walk up and I was like, hi, I have a little gift for you. And he said, oh, no, I'm OK. <laughs> and I said, oh, no, I'm not selling it. Like I made these for all the neighbors. And he goes, yeah, I'm not in a position to take that. Thank you. Mm. And I said, OK, it's just a plant. And he said, yeah, not in a position to take that, but have a good day. I got in the car and I told you and Jordan what he said and we laughed about it yeah. and we made it a game. And we said, well, maybe 
every plant he's ever owned, he's killed. Right. And he just doesn't want to do that to me. He doesn't want to break my heart or my right. plant's heart. You know, maybe uh, his wife just passed away and life, new life makes him depressed, right? We came up with like 30 things, made it a joke and made it fun. Why? Because that's just not going to hurt my feelings that right. out of 30 neighbors, 29 of them would probably be really happy to get it. But one old guy who may be battling cancer, who may have recently lost his wife, who I don't know his story. Right. So if I take it personally that he didn't want my gift, oh my God, shame on him. What an evil old grumpy guy. That is a me problem. Right. 100%. And so fast forward later. I'm talking two years, a year or two later. Yeah, that must have been two years ago. His name is Don. He lives at the corner. And I brought it up to him because now we're good friends. I go, hey, Don, do you remember when I first met you? And he goes, oh, not really. I said, I offered you a plant and you declined it. And he goes, I wouldn't do that. I said, oh, yeah, you did, because we made it a game. <laughs> and we talked about you for quite a, you know, yeah. like an hour. And he goes, why would I tell you that? I said, I don't know. You tell me. And we laughed about it. But imagine if I had been harboring all this resentment for little old Don for the past year or two. Right. I wouldn't have allowed him to be like a part of my life. And the guy's pretty cool. Yeah. So. So I, and I just want everyone to know, like, this may have been entertaining. Maybe you learned something from it. But if you self-assess and you look at your life and the things that you may be outraged about, the things that you're super passionate about, like. Are you shifting to a neutral place where you can do what you just talked about yeah. of, of like creating a perspective out of fun or maybe even just saying to yourself, like, I'm, you know, I'm sure there's a good reason for yeah. that. Right. But I, that is how you face things in an intellectual way yeah. and not so emotional where you're throwing stones at everybody. So, yeah, I think it's just so super, super if important. you listen to the push podcast and you get anything from what we're uh, sharing with you weekly. If you could just take 30 seconds, go to iTunes, leave us a five-star review and tell us, thank you for pushing me to a new perspective. I would love that because I hope that all these episodes where we're sharing stuff that we're going through, the way we're looking at the world, the way we have healthy discussions, I hope if anything, we can feel friends, like yeah. friends, we can feel connected and you could be like, huh, that's interesting. I never thought of it like that. Yeah. That's my hope for this episode. Yeah, so 100%. if we did any of that, please take 30 seconds, give back to us. Why am I asking you to do this? Because it benefits me. Yeah, it benefits me in knowing that we're on the right track with content for you. So we would appreciate it. So awesome. thank you guys so much. We'll see you in the next episode. Bye. Push through. Thank you for listening to the Push Podcast. Hey, we want to hear from you. So if you have a question or there's a particular topic that you want us to tackle and you want us to help you push through, you got to do something for us. You got to go to Apple Podcasts and you got to leave a rating and a review. And in that review, go ahead and leave that question with your Instagram handle so that we can shout you out when we actually answer the question. And we'll talk about that on the podcast and make sure that, hey, this particular podcast is made for you. So leave a rating, leave a review. You leave your handle and until next time push through